Well, hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about panic attacks as well as panic disorder. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health inpatient, registered nurse, and professional content developer. Let's begin by talking about panic attacks before we talk about panic disorder. Because you need to know what you're experiencing or what a person is experiencing with a panic attack and then jump to a panic disorder. So a panic attack is a sudden rush of fear and anxiety that causes both physical and psychological symptoms. The level of fear experienced is unrealistic and out of proportion to the events or circumstances that trigger the panic attack. Anyone can have a single panic attack, but frequent and ongoing episodes may be a sign of a panic or anxiety disorder that requires close medical attention and treatment. So first we're going to talk about symptoms, causes, and then treatment. Symptoms of a panic attack. The physical symptoms of a panic attack can include fast breathing, shortness of breath, severe perspiration, uh, a trembling, nausea, cramping, dizziness, feeling faint, numbness or tingling, chills or sensations of heat or hot flashes, tightness in the chest and the, the throat. You have also an increased heart rate, a disconnection from oneself. And that's the best way that can really be explained. You also have a loss of control or feel like you have a loss of control and also feel a sense of imminent danger. And then a strong desire to flee or avoid the situation. There have been people who report they may be sitting just calmly and all of the sudden this panic attack comes on and you just want to scream, help me and run out of the room where you're at or the place you're at. These symptoms, which often resemble the symptoms of a a heart attack or respiratory disorder may be accompanied by a fear of dying. 
the onset of symptoms is sudden and can develop from either a calm, as I had mentioned, or an anxious state. Some people experience limited symptom panic attacks, which consist of less than four of the common symptoms that I had just mentioned. Panic attacks last from about five to uh, 20 minutes, generally speaking within 10 minutes. A panic attack can occur several times within the span of a few hours, and for some people, every day or once a week. Those who have frequent panic attacks often come to recognize the situation that trigger an attack and learn to be prepared. So in a heart attack or a panic attack, an individual may feel symptoms like chest pain, shortness of breath, and sweating. However, the chest pain in a panic attack can be sharp and stabbing, while a heart attack may feel like squeezing or pressure in the chest. Stress induces the symptoms of a panic attack, but physical exertion can bring on a heart attack. Also, vomiting may accompany a heart episode. Symptoms of a panic attack will subside, but symptoms worsen in a heart attack. Let's talk about causes. The the cause of panic attacks is unknown, but there are several theories, including a chemical imbalance in the brain or a genetic predisposition. They, They can be triggered by a variety of conditions and situations, including the presence of a mood disorder, such as anxiety or depression, extreme stress over a long period of time, a physical health problem such as a heart respiratory or thyroid condition, overuse of alcohol, nicotine or caffeine, and the side effects of some medical and recreational drugs. Frequent panic attacks generally indicate panic disorder. Can a panic attack happen during sleep? You betcha. Panic attacks can occur while an individual is sleeping, causing them to wake up suddenly with feelings of fear and dread. Then another question I'm asked, do panic attacks occur in young people? Well, adolescents and young adults who have panic attacks often have other mental health issues or are at significant risk of developing other conditions such as obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety, other mood disorders, eating disorders, or substance use disorder. 
Is the fight or flight response involved in panic attacks? Yes. In the fight or flight response, the sympathetic nervous system is stimulated and the adrenal glands release stress hormones, including cortisol, adrenaline, and epinephrine. This response evolved for evolutionary reasons when dangerous animals preyed on ancient man. And some research finds that this reaction to stress is involved with panic disorder, even though there is no apparent danger present. People who have panic disorder and experience frequent panic attacks often make lifestyle changes like trying to avoid events and settings where symptoms are more likely to occur. Unfortunately, this can lead them to develop specific phobias like agoraphobia and uh, avoid social situations for fear of triggering an attack. Cognitive behavioral therapy can help change the way a person thinks and reacts to situations that create fear. Relaxation and mindfulness exercises, uh, such as deep breathing, meditation, yoga, massage, guided imagery, and progressive muscle relaxation can help reduce the anxiety and stress that lead to a panic attack. Antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications can also control symptoms. People will say, can desensitization or visualization help panic attacks? Desensitization and or visualization are used often for anxiety and its related conditions, including phobias. These methods can help a person unlearn or desensitize or visualize him or herself away from a triggering situation or event that causes discomfort and suffering. So what happens if a panic attack goes untreated? Well, frequent panic attacks are diagnosed as panic disorder. If left untreated, the individual may develop phobias, such as agoraphobia, as I mentioned, or the fear of leaving the home. The individual may also develop mood disorders, including depression and anxiety, or even suicidal ideation. He or she will want to avoid social situations and may turn to substance use or alcohol use, as I had mentioned. Now, going into the diagnosis of panic disorder, it refers to sudden and repeated panic attacks episodes of intense fear and discomfort that reach a peak within a few minutes, during which time the individual experiences physical symptoms, as I said, chest pain, 
heart palpitations, breathlessness, vertigo, or abdominal distress, sometimes accompanied by the fear of losing control or dying. The symptoms may seem similar to those of a heart attack, as I mentioned, or other life-threatening medical conditions. Panic disorder is often diagnosed after medical tests or emergency room visits have ruled out other serious illnesses. FYI, panic disorder affects about 2 to 3% of American adolescents and adults and occurs twice as often in women than men. And panic attacks often emerge in young adulthood, but not everyone who experiences a single panic attack goes on to develop panic disorder. So we talked about what the symptoms are, and uh, we're adding fear of dying, numbness, or tingling sensation, okay? And people will say, what is the difference between panic disorder and panic attack? Panic attacks are brief and intense. They bring on physical sensations, such as difficulty breathing, rapid heart rate, tense muscles, tightening in the chest, and they last from 20 to 30 minutes. Often people may suffer one or two such attacks in a lifetime. However, if these attacks are recurrent or if the individual feels ongoing fear of another attack, they may have panic disorder. And the causes of panic disorder are not fully understood, but certain elements are linked to the disorder. Those who are especially sensitive to anxiety, neuroticism, and negative emotions may be at an increased risk. Childhood physical and sexual abuse is a factor, as is separation anxiety in childhood, although less consistently. A loss or stressor can precede a first panic attack, such as the death of a loved one or a harmful experience from drugs. Genetics are thought to play a role as well. Researchers have conducted both animal and human studies to pinpoint the particular parts of the brain that are involved in anxiety and fear because fear evolved to deal with danger. It sets off an immediate protective response without conscious thought. This fear response is believed to be coordinated by the amygdala, which is a structure deep inside the brain. Although relatively small, the amygdala is quite complex, and recent studies suggest that anxiety disorders may be associated with abnormal activity within that amygdala. 
Let's talk about medications. Several medications have been found to be effective for relieving panic disorder. Antidepressants are one class of medications that must be taken for several weeks before symptoms begin to disappear. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs, work in the brain via a chemical messenger called serotonin. SSRIs commonly prescribed for, for panic disorder include Prozac, Zoloft, Lexapro, Paxil, and Celexa. SSRIs are also used to treat panic disorder when it occurs in combination with obsessive compulsive disorders, uh, social phobia, or depression. Patients may initially experience nausea, drowsiness, diarrhea, or sexual side effects when they first take SSRIs, but over time, symptoms may subside. An adjustment in dosage or a switch to another SSRI may also correct the problem. Clients should discuss all side effects of uh, concern with their doctor uh, so that any needed change in medication can be made. Also, benzodiazepines, including Xanax and Ativan, may be prescribed for patients to help with more acute symptoms of panic disorder. These drugs alleviate symptoms quickly and have fewer side effects other than drowsiness, but frequent use may lead to dependence on the medication. They are not recommended for patients who have alcohol or substance abuse issues. When taking medications, it is important for patients to be educated about potential side effects, the rationale for the type of medication prescribed, and other drugs or substances that may counteract or interact with the effects of the medications. Before stopping to take the prescribed drug, or if the medication does not seem to alleviate alleviate symptoms, your doctor or a doctor should be consulted. Certain medications can bring relief within half an hour to an hour. They include Valium, Ativan, Xanax, and Clonopin. These drugs can be very helpful during a panic attack. The key thing to remember here is to understand your views of the life stressors that are going on. Learn to decrease your sense of helplessness by recognizing and replacing panic-causing thoughts. And also learn stress management and relaxation techniques to help when symptoms occur. And practice systematic desensitization and exposure therapy in which you can relax. And then imagine the things that cause the anxiety 
working from the least fearful to the most fearful. Gradual exposure to the real-life situation also has been used with success to help people overcome their fears. This is all part of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, which teaches patients to see the links between their thoughts, beliefs, and actions. By changing distorted thought patterns that maintain anxiety, and by exposing the person to anxiety-provoking symptoms or situations in a gradual manner. CBT, or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, can help create mastery over anxiety and panic systems. Always keep in touch with your doctor and seek therapy and counseling if need be. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.